You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. Welcome back, everybody, to the Oz Network as we bring you another episode of Lost, the television show. We are into the eighth episode of season four. We are about to meet Kevin Johnson. We haven't met him yet. We don't know who he is until this episode. First aired on the 20th of March, 2008. That was two days after my birthday for those playing at home. Two days after my 21st birthday, actually. There you go. Look at that. Happy birthday for me. Uh, written by Stephen Williams and... Uh, sorry, written by Elizabeth Sunoff and Brian K. Vaughan. It was directed <laughs> by Stephen Williams. Sorry, Stephen Williams. I got you around the wrong way. And we are about to find out what happened to Michael and... Because stuff has happened a lot along the way. My name is Ben, and I'm here to die. <laughs> and, uh, my name is Nora, and I don't make it on the podcast often, so when I do, I like to indulge. <laughs> is there a man there with you, Noah? Uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, I think there's nobody here. Oh. Unfortunately. <laughs> no cats this week? Just, just me. Well, the students have moved back into my building. It's time for the new semester, and I've heard some naughty things. No. Oh, nice. <laughs> you could have, like, some fun on the podcast. I want to hear this. This is great. <laughs> so last time it was cats. <laughs> this time, this time it's... it's meowing of another kind. Yes, I was going to say something very inappropriate, but so, I'm a mature person. I'm not. I'm not all alone. You know, for, for about a month, I'm pretty sure it was only me in my building. Oh, well, you could have had <laughs> like, literally. I don't think the landlord. I don't think anyone. It was just me. I, I did not take full advantage of that. You could have um, rented out like Airbnbs and stuff, and you know, just hung out and done stuff like really, that. I could have had a party. You could, you could have had a party. You could have, you know, invited some cats and joined in on the orgies that are happening well, there. There's a massive construction site next to my house, um, so I was a little worried that someone had told me that had vacated and they were going to drop. <laughs> Moving on. Okay, I guess I'm not going to finish that story then. Cool. Um... <laughs> I love when connection issues happen and we try to edit it together, but Noah doesn't play ball Three, and just goes, one. moving on. Uh, <laughs> Three, two, one. I hope there's not a wrecking ball dropped on me. <laughs> oh, God. This is why people don't listen to Lost. Point. <laughs> people listen to Lost, etc. just because, you know, they actually get stuff done. Um, but this is an episode where we finally find out what happened to Michael. Um, I remember this episode airing and enjoying it because it's... um. I don't know, I think it's kind of a good thing that we revisit Michael and what happened to him because he was the first to leave and, I mean, they could have just ended it then and gone, cool, he lived happily ever after, but clearly poor Michael, he didn't live happily ever after. So I, I appreciate the effort in um, bringing this story to our screens. Yeah, I think I remembered liking this one more than more than I did. Um I remember it being better than I thought it was, or I'm, I remember it being better than perhaps it was. Um, but I agree, it's nice that they followed this up, and the way it all works out, it flows pretty well. Um, it doesn't feel too forced, him coming back into the show, and it, 
yeah, they easily could have abandoned this plot line. Um, but I think it's pretty satisfying the way he's brought back into the show. But I guess rewatching it, and I like it when the show breaks up the formula and does something new. I guess maybe the the criticism is it's a little boring. Like, I, I, I like the effort, and it's interesting to see Michael off the island in... Technically, it's a flashback, but it happened during the, the timeline of the show. But, yeah, there's some good stuff, but it is on rewatch. It's just a little bit like, oh, all right. Um, but, yeah, it is cool to follow up with Michael and Walt and see what they were up to, because it definitely was a plot line I thought they may have just abandoned at the time. I think, from memory, watching Chronologically Lost... Um they tie this in all pretty well. I can't like, cause it is worked out when each of these little flashbacks is kind of in the timeline, isn't it? Like, I mean, I'm sure there's lost fans who have decoded this enough that they would work that out. If you know what I mean, right? Yeah. The only dodgy part of this episode is the fact that Tom shows up outside the Island, uh, when we saw him on the Island quite a bit, uh, like, the timeline, like, we've seen him with the football with Jack, and then he was there getting shot by Sawyer, so it's like a... It's a it's a narrow window for when Tom could have got off the island and got back to the island. Uh, so that doesn't work too well, but we got Tom back. You can't complain too much. He definitely got off when he was off the <laughs> island. It's good for Tom. Yeah. This, is, this is, I think, one of those... Um, the moments where we need to tag our MC Ganey interview because um, he all but established that the character of Tom would be gay um, sort of through, you know, various, what, meetings and sort of ideas, sessions with the writers. So, uh, I mean, it kind of was implied, I guess, when the whole, you know, thanks, Kate, you're not my type. Um, but I, I think that's kind of a cool little input that he sort of had. And um, is he the only gay character on Lost? Didn't we establish that? Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure, besides Boone, uh, <laughs> I think he's the only... Well, I, I guess he, he his toy boy as well, Arturo. Uh, I think that's his name. Other than him, then yeah, I guess he is. So I guess this kind of just shows Lost with just that generation behind every mm. show kind of having that, I hate to say it, but token gay character... Um, so, yeah, Lost had it pretty much everything else. You got Koreans and Iraqis and uh, all and sorts, Australians. but they didn't have it. Didn't have its yeah Australians, but didn't have its gay character. I can only imagine the writing. I'm the only gay who likes peanut butter. <laughs> I think that um, I know we're jumping ahead here, but the kind of when you realise, like when you see him with another man, the way they kind of play it out, it's almost like oh, shocking. Like this guy's gay, <laughs> like. So what? <laughs> like, it's kind of just... We knew it. But Michael's look, it's like, ugh, gay. Like, come on, <laughs> Michael. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. Um, Where I'm from, black people don't like gay people. <laughs> and to clarify, Boone wasn't gay. Boone was nothing. Boone was just open and anything, because Boone is beautiful. And you don't need a sexuality to be with Boone. You just, you're Boone, <laughs> you're Boone sexual. 
I identify some of the characters have maybe been there, but Tom's are in the open one. Didn't we have this conversation a few weeks ago, like, about who to buy? I feel like we're deja vuing ourselves here all of a sudden. Um, We've run out of topics, like the, like the writer. I do like the extended montage here. If it was, what? Um, just like everything Michael. Uh, again, we, we sort of uh, established, didn't we, a little bit about the whole... I mean, the, the the twist was, what, last week with the whole, like, you know, oh, hello, um, he's Michael back. But, you know, we knew he was coming back with uh, Harold <laughs> Perrineau on the, on the credits yeah. basically all season, but we've sort of gone over that a little bit. But, um, yeah, I think I, I've always appreciated sort of Michael a lot more in rewatches just because I, I like what they do with his character here. I like that they bring him back and kind of involve him more in the overarching storyline of it. Um, and I think it kind of ties into season four where it's, you know, we're finding out a lot more and they're kind of going through a lot more of this, um, you know, rather than just a bunch of people lost on an island and, oh, cool, you know, uh, <laughs> Jack got a tattoo and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, I, I, I like the fact that the way they tie this into everything that's happening on the freighter, because we get a lot of things, I guess, answered, don't we, in terms of what this freighter is and who these people are. Yeah, uh, I, that's a good point, that season four, we're definitely... It's moving at a much more of a lightning pace, and they are opening this world up a bit more, not just for us, but for the characters. Um so I guess the other thing I like about this episode is just it's got a really seedy kind of dark tone to it. It's mm-hmm. it's, it's it's not a it's not a like a Hurley episode uh, <laughs> where they they're fixing a van or whatever. Like it's got this very like I mean Michael tries to kill himself multiple times uh, and just the I know you've been to New York so you're probably going to be saying oh. That alleyway wasn't there, but <laughs> just, I think, really impressive the way they do New York. I've never been there, but just this kind of, they really nailed that underbelly kind of seedy vibe in both the city and the tone. And even when they're on the freighter, like some of the freighter stuff is really cool as well. It's it's almost a flashback for the freighter crew as well. I Yeah, and I also like, the thing also too I like about with the Michael stuff is, you know, I mean, he... he murdered two women in cold blood um and i like the layers kind of around you know like when he talks to ben in this episode obviously we're jumping ahead again but you know it's kind of just the, the way you would expect him to deal with this because kind of like again like as we said they could have just left this and gonna call michael escape mm. happily ever after but i mean he's a man who was on the island for what 60 70 days probably less than that um and he's basically gotten in a situation where he's trying to connect with his son again and he's trying to get him back after he's been, you know, kidnapped and he's had to murder people. So, like, I feel like it's a good way of kind of showing someone having to live with this guilt. Um, and again, as you said, like in a very dark way, because, I mean, God, he tries to kill himself at least three times in this episode, doesn't he? And it's not been long either since they got back. Like, obviously, it's been two years for us as viewers, but... Uh, it's only been, what, like a month or so, so mm. that's a short amount of time. His whole life, literally just gone down the toilet in the space of a couple of months. So, um, yeah, but I guess we're going to try and this one, I mean, we usually sort of do flashback and all that sort of stuff, but this is obviously one of these ones where you sort of do it in the order on the episode just because it 
sort of just it's almost an extended flashback of the entire episode really so we start off with everybody's favorite uh, australian mother <laughs> i love how this episode starts with claire and there's random <laughs> rousseau hanging out and everyone's just having a house meeting basically <laughs> um which i guess is kind of you know it's interesting and miles is here um, without a grenade in his mouth. Remember that? I always forget that that just happens and then it's never... Do we ever see yeah. anything about that again? It's like, you know... I thought I might go in crazy, but that that happens and then just... <laughs> that was, they dropped the ball. Yeah. They dropped the grenade on that. <laughs> just literally. Um, I do like it sort of, you know, explaining the situation... And then, um, isn't it like Lox is like, oh, you know, tell them why we're here. And Miles is like, oh, you know, we're here to get Ben. And Hurl is like, yeah, we kind of knew that like ages ago. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I also like when they're basically just saying like, why don't you just turn Ben over? Like, it's you know, it's not that hard. Um, and then Ben says that, uh, you know, once they capture him, then they have to kill everyone else on the island. Miles doesn't, uh, you know deny this basically and i also love how they sort of start talking about the spy in the boat and you know you think ben's just gonna play the game Ben's just like it's michael <laughs> oh, convenient, huh? yep it's like okay cool all right uh meanwhile we go to the boat don't you love the for the viewers who uh maybe tuned in a little late in lost sawyer do you mean Michael, the guy who was on our plane and then had a son named Walt and then ran away and then killed two of us and then went on a boat. That Michael? Like like the gay thing where we're just before that kind of golden age of television where we don't need to treat the viewers like idiots. They have to just randomly always drop like continuity and kind of you know context in there for. There's, there's some pitfalls of being one of the first heavily serialized <laughs> TV shows. Um, and Ben literally says like, "Yes, that Michael." <laughs> Turns <laughs> to the camera, gives a wink. <laughs> stay, stay in touch now, viewers. Um, meanwhile, on the Don't boat, go anywhere. Grant Bowler's just bashing someone. <laughs> This is what you get for taking my job on the amazing race (laughs) and the mole. I should have been in both. You're team number one. I guess this is the evil captain they're talking about, but I'm still not buying it. It's the only, isn't this the only scene of evil Grant Bowler? Like, this is it, right? (laughs) Bashing And even then, he just bashes his crew up. (laughs) I, I, I do, this is again... Grand Bowler is amazing, because here he is, just beating the shit out of someone. He's like, I'm doing this for you, I'm good! Just don't get off the boat, or I'll bash you! <laughs> you just can't take him seriously as an angry guy. Oh, just, like, let's be honest, we love the man, but he's maybe not the greatest actor in the world. Like, he's not the worst actor, he's not <laughs> Emily DeRaven, but he's not Michael Emerson. Like, he's just, he's in the <laughs> middle somewhere. <laughs> like, I just... I just love the fact there's like this alarm going off and like Saeed and Des are like, oh, what's going on? <laughs> it's just like Grant Bowler bashing someone. Why is he beating him up? <laughs> like, Why is this happening? Like, what is this person trying to do? Get on a raft to go somewhere? So we're like, no! <laughs> <laughs> They're stuck anyway. <laughs> what does it matter? Like, you, you're going to beat this guy within an inch of his life or you're going to let him die by getting on a boat. <laughs> Either way, he's dead. Um, 
But I don't know, just, just Grant Bowler losing his shit. <laughs> <laughs> and then I love that we just like, um, you know, Kevin, clean this mess up. <laughs> oh, <laughs> evil Grant Bowler. Um, and then Saeed, you know. <laughs> I love Saeed. Just I was like, we must talk. Now's in a good time. Um, <laughs> and then is this where he says, like, what are you doing on the boat? And basically he's just like, this is where he says, I'm here to die, right? Um, yeah. So, and that's when we get lost. Uh, it's, it's a great little, you know, moment because, again, as we've said, like, he's trying to kill himself so many times and he's basically only doing it to die. So, again, very dark. Like, it's not it's not exactly something where it's all like, oh, look at Michael, he's there to die, lol. It's not a happy ending at all. No, <laughs> I mean, he went, spoiler he went alert, so no much. happy ending for Michael here. <laughs> <laughs> no. all, all that he went through just to then, a month later, just try and kill yourself. Which, is that the darkest overall story on Lost for a character? It has to be. Because Except for the smoke monster, he's pretty dark. <laughs> Touche. But, like, you know, a lot of characters die in this show. Only, like, what, like, four don't. Um, but everyone's kind of got a redeeming thing about them or sort of, like, you know, they don't... Yeah. Like, but Michael just doesn't. Michael... And you, this is where I think, like, I appreciate this episode and I just like seeing all this stuff that's happened to him because, I mean, at the end of the day, what did he do wrong... Before, like, obviously Walt got kidnapped. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's very yeah. dark. It's not like this it, guy, it like, from, was a murderer or, a, you know, a child molester and this is his comeuppance. Like, he literally, like, uh, all he did, he tried to... His son was taken from him. Yeah, like, it wasn't his fault. He, he, you know, twice his son was taken from him, pretty much, if you think back to stupid bitch face back in real world, non-island life. Um... So, like, all he's ever done is knocked a woman up. She's gone and knocked, you know, a guy up around and buggered off. He's tried to get his son back after all these years, gotten hit by a car, been in a plane <laughs> crash with a son who doesn't love him. Just as the son eventually tries to love him, he gets kidnapped. It's kidnapped. <laughs> so, in order to get his son back, he's got to innocently kill two people accidentally. So, then he gets shoved on a boat, rescued, boom, Bob's your uncle, happy times only to be suicidal for the rest of his life <laughs> and given an opportunity to redeem himself by eventually committing suicide. So, <laughs> Michael, everyone. Uh... And, and then his ghost is trapped on the island for the rest <laughs> of eternity and shows up as a whisper. <laughs> Maybe not even just in, in Lost, like in all of television. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, I, I want to hug him. Uh... <laughs> I feel we were you know, too kind on um on Walt when we had him on the show. Like <laughs> now that we've put it all together like that, it is extremely dark and it's extremely sad. Um, I do I like this flashback, but I kind of wish we got to see the ins and out of how they actually got got back. Mm. Like that that's interesting to me, but I guess that's a mystery that we'll never know. Yeah, because I mean, wasn't it? Like, follow this bearing, you'll end up in Fiji, and then you can, you know. But the thing, you know, I actually, watching that flashback, Hurley, uh, Jack, and Kate were on that wharf, right? So, surely they overheard, follow that bearing, you will end up here. So, like, could they not just have gotten Desmond Boat and got, hey, so we heard Ben say, this is follow this bearing, we'll end up in Fiji. 
Like, there you go. Like, get off the island. Simple. Well, I know season three wasn't our, our favourite, but the others did did take Desmond's boat. So. Yeah, well, you know, small fact there, but, like, build another raft. But, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> let, well, Michael was the raft builder, but now he wants to kill himself. Um, oh, details. But, I'm, I mean, <laughs> let, let's play the scenario out. This... Uh, American guy and his son show up on a din shop boat. <laughs> They've driven this motorboat all the way to Fiji, which imagine there's some pretty big waves across that ocean. <laughs> what? No passport, no phone, no wallet, <laughs> no nothing, dirty old clothes. This guy and this 10 year old boy show up in Fiji. Uh, play the scenario like how. How are they getting back to um, to New York? At, what, all all the same remaining undercover, and nobody knows about them. Which again, as well, because like we learned in this episode, like oh, I had to change my name, do all this sort of stuff because you can't be discovered. But like, I think you're right. Like, it would have been interesting to explore some of this because, like, yeah, okay, we get it. He's racked with guilt, and this is why he's wanted to kill himself and all that sort of stuff because like Walt disowns him, but. If he didn't disown him and everything, like, could they not just arrive back and, hey, we survived Oceanic Flight 815. Like, we're going to be rich. <laughs> live off that. And, like, oh, by so the way, there's pretty. a bunch of evil others on this island who, like, you know, like, what was to stop him from just going to the media and, like, telling this story? I know they couldn't really have Walt because uh, Malcolm David Kelly had grown up, but I, I do want to see the scene where he tells Walt. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I, I shot... I know Walt well, never really met Anna Lucia and Libby, but still, like, oh, yeah, I, I killed two. Just imagine if your dad, <laughs> even now, as you, as a 40-year-old, just imagine sorry, your what? dad telling you. <laughs> How old am I? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, Ben. Hello, Ben. Sit down. Uh, <laughs> just for you, I had to kill kill two two ladies. It depends who they are, really. But, um... <laughs> but, like, yeah, I agree with you. And I think kind of with foreshadow like they could have thought about this in the long run and think like hey cool we're gonna have this scene in a couple of years like how i met your mother did it like um you know oh. they they knew the ending this is why a lot of the reason why how i met your mother was so terribly ended because they kind of wrote themselves into a corner knowing how this show was going to end not expecting it to last for like nine ten seasons so they filmed those episodes uh, the scenes with the kids like from the very first season in the first season because they knew like oh cool these kids are going to grow up so they could have done that with you know, my, uh, uh, Walt, Malcolm, David, Kelly, and just, like, done that earlier and been like, hey, cool, like, this is our plan. Let's film this scene now. Because they did that with, um, like, Star Wars, like Attack of the Clones. They didn't want to go back to Tunisia to film the scene again when Obi-Wan hands off Luke to Beru and Owen. So they just filmed it while they were there. I mean, they obviously knew how Star Wars was going to end a bit different, but, yeah, so. But, uh, you know, this I agree. This was before with the, the deep fake technology yeah the de-aging and, oh, otherwise, yeah. otherwise uh what could have been in six seasons if yeah. it's, if it's for that. it would be like carrie fisher in rogue one yeah i mean we that still gonna, freaks me out are we gonna have that's that in like the future oh, like right. you know like if they do if they reboot <laughs> lost it's just gonna be michael emerson as a child but they've managed to de-age him and he's like you know. <laughs> The reboot, the prequel, and it's Michael Emerson. <laughs> like, it's cool. Like, look, don't get me wrong. Technology is amazing that you can sort of do that. And it's obviously, like, some of it, yeah, like, freaks freaky. Like, Moth Tarkin wasn't that good in Rogue One when you looked at it closely. <laughs> but I think kind of, you know, as it's no different to 
when you first saw a spaceship in movie history, like it looked shit. And then as time goes on, it looks incredible. So, you know, 40, 50 years time, we're probably going to have like 80 year old Michael Emerson. I'm going to play young Benjamin Linus. And here's Orson Welles. <laughs> um, Say no to deep. <laughs> yeah, it depends. Like, yeah, <laughs> no, it doesn't just say no. Um, say no to drugs, kids. Um, so we have the credits. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah, I especially like the credits. Uh, <laughs> that was the an credits? interesting part of the episode. <laughs> you know, analyze the credits for me. What do you think Lost means this time around? The way it spins. Like, did you notice it was slightly off <laughs> the uh, usual angle? It turns. Like, does that have a hidden meaning? Is that going to be now questions at the end of this episode? I, I still like that Netflix gives me the choice to skip this in. <laughs> By the time I press the button, it's over. <laughs> um, so Sawyer, meanwhile, is approaching Locke about the whole three million dollar situation. Um, is that is that Sawyer who says like I don't I don't know about you, but I didn't see a bank on the island. Um, yeah. And then he's like, oh, you know, I don't know, I don't know if you know Ben by now. He's usually a guy who gets what he wants. Uh, I kind of like that line. Um, ben then tells Alex uh, to leave. Um, with Carl and Danielle, Miss Russo, uh, that the rest of the others are already there. Um, and Ben says, basically, you're in danger because people coming to the island will use you as leverage to get to me. Now, I've always been confused with this. He's, he's actually legitimately sending, like, he hasn't sent them off early knowing that they're going to get killed, right? Like, this is actually him being protective. Yeah, the temple is like a legit thing that we will see in season six. But um, yeah, for sure, he's sending mainly uh, Alex, but I guess Carl and Daniel have to go. But boy, does this plan backfire for him. Well, that's because I always thought like... I, <laughs> just, I just, Yeah, well, that's kind of like what I was thinking. Like, is he doing that in a way to ensure that they get killed? Because he knows they're already there, if you know what I mean. So, but like... Yeah, that's why I was sort of wondered. But then I guess that doesn't make sense because obviously he's genuinely upset that Alex eventually will get killed. So I also I love that line when um, Alex says, like, more dangerous than you. Um, yeah. So, mm-hmm. great line. I love Alex. Like, I don't really? know. I just, I, just, I just appreciate her. Like, annoying. And not just for the reasons you think. Like, I don't know. I just, I think, like, it adds a nice layer to Ben. So, um... <laughs> About yourself. Yes, exactly. Meanwhile, back on the boat, Saeed's making friends with everyone. He's just chatting to a random guy on the boat. Who is this guy? (laughs) (laughs) Just just Saeed's new buddy. Yeah, just Saeed making friends. Hello, my name is Saeed. (laughs) Would you like to play poker? Um, goes down to you know Michael and Mike and say just turns old Grant Bowler and does this bashing Michael. <laughs> Warrant? Why not? Um, and then basically says, uh, "Why are you here? What are you doing?" And uh, this is where the big flashback starts. Kind of you know Michael is going to tell the entire story here. Uh, so before, I guess before we get into the flashback, I mean, do you have anything to add kind of what we've seen there that we haven't already talked about? It's probably, what did you think of the credits? Um, there's not really a lot <laughs> here to talk about, but I just, I give you the opportunity before we get into the flashback. Uh, no, it's all just set up for the flashback. Uh, I like the, the first mention of the temple, but 
it's a shame that plotline doesn't really turn out come season six. I agree. Um, <laughs> big pause there. Ben, I agree. Um, <laughs> so, and now flashback, Michael, in New York. And no, this apartment doesn't look like this. This is not how New York apartments look. <laughs> um, he's writing on a piece of paper. He goes outside, gets into his car, puts his piece of paper on his chest. And then apparently the way to kill yourself is to drive at high speed <laughs> into a wall. Now, look, no expert on suicide here because I'm still alive, but I'm sure there are other better methods than just driving because, like, there's a bit of room for error there <laughs> in crashing your car. And can I just also establish, is he wearing a seatbelt? Because shouldn't he fly <laughs> through the window at full speed? Safety first. <laughs> like... Because he's, he's literally in the car, just slumped across the wheel. Like, surely to increase your odds of not surviving that car crash, you wouldn't wear your seatbelt. <laughs> well, maybe not the most intelligent guy, uh, Michael. Um, I like his car. I'm not a car person. That's pretty cool. Um, cool way to go. But I, I adore the shots in this episode where... He crashes and then it kind of zooms out, and you've got uh, the barge coming in boom, in the harbour, and mm-hmm. it's all dark. And you've got Mama Cass, same, same gal from Make Your Own Kind of Music, sing better every day. It's just Michael sitting in this car crash, like completely failed, and nighttime New York harbour scene. It's great. I like, I mean, look. <laughs> All jokes side of, oh, this isn't how a city really looks. Again, like props to the, you know, the Department of Loss on Hawaii who can who can find these locations to make you think that you're in New York because, you know, at the end of the day, unless you're podcasting or know everything about Loss, just the casual viewer who doesn't read articles and know much about where the show is filmed and everything, like they don't know this isn't New York. And oh, I think, no. You know, Definitely. joke... Jokes aside about, oh, that's not where the Sydney Opera House is. Like, I mean, in all seriousness, like, you don't know. You're not going to know. Like, I've never been in Korea, and I believe I'm in Korea every time we've got Jin and Sun, you know? Like, when we used to have Mr. Echo, like, it always felt like we were in Africa. So, you know, yeah, it's, it's very, it's really well done. And, and you know, I nitpick. But, again, yeah, I agree. Like, this feels like you're in New York and got that vibe about it. So, uh, great. Is cinematography the correct word in a TV show? Does that count in... <laughs> Television? Yes. Yes. Okay, cool. <laughs> I'll stick with that. Um, Michael is in hospital, would have been dead if you had not worn your seatbelt, dickhead. Um, but a nurse comes in the room and offers him a blanket. But who is it? It's Libby! Oh. Uh, I don't like this. You don't like Libby? Uh, what? <laughs> Boo! <laughs> no, I just have a... Uh, this is where I want Michael to just turn around like, bitch, I thought you were dead. Um, <laughs> I I just, I don't get this show is, I'm not one of those people like, oh, they didn't answer anything. But the fact of the matter is there was more to Libby's story that they were planning on telling. And it, it just grinds my gears a bit that they actually went to the, the effort of bringing back Cynthia Watros from Cynthia Watros Gets Lost fame. Have you watched it uh, yet? No. You have to. It's actually pretty good. <laughs> just the fact that they brought her back on multiple occasions, but just for kind of either flash sideways or for like uh, these kind of weird 
uh, what do you call it, like daydreaming kind of visions when they could have been exploring her backstory or at least giving us a bit more. Again, I'm not one of those people, oh, this show's ruined because we never got to see why Libby was in the mental hospital. Um, but the fact that they actually brought the character back, but then for pointless scenes, I know it's supposed to represent, oh, she's haunting, she's haunting him, but it's like, you got her back? Give, give us a bit more about her character. I mean, I agree. I think I would love to learn more about Libby, but I, I kind of appreciate the shock value of it. Like, I think it just it adds to Michael's, you know, pain in, in living with this. Um, so, I mean, I can see that side of it. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I can't disagree with you. I'd like to see more of an explanation of her. I mean, look, she was great in um, Internets. <laughs> Cynthia, Wat- <laughs> Cynthia Watrous gets lost. Um, so, yeah, but, because, I mean, we get, Annalise does that a couple of times too, doesn't she, randomly, like, Piers is just, yeah. but I guess we got more of her backstory, though, didn't we? Yeah, Annalise, she's wrapped up. Um, Literally, but, in the ground. But both of them will be back in season six, but for just flash sideways. Then we have random nurse walking in. <laughs> She doesn't have a page. I thought, you know, everyone has a page on uh, Lostpedia, but Nurse doesn't, apparently. Um, actually, what well, does she Oh, does... stop press. Oh, hang on. Cynthia Watros is a recurring character in a show that's come out this year. Oh, is it that show that already been cancelled with um, Saeed in it? Oh, wait, it's not a show that's come out this year. It's... Oh, yeah, Saeed's show did get cancelled. Oh, sorry. General Hospital. No. <laughs> Is an American state. That doesn't television. count. Everyone's been on. I've been on General Hospital. It's listed as Guinness World's Record as the longest running soap opera. Like, well, that's, uh, that's like Home and Away in Australia. Every Australian actor has been on like Home and Away, All Saints, or Neighbours. Like, they're just someone's done one of them. But she plays Nina Reeves as of this year in General Hospital she, as a recurring role. She is sucking at life if she has to go back to General Hospital. Like that. That's like in Home and Away when all of a sudden like. Uh, Georgie Parker is all of a sudden a major character on Home and Away. It's like, oh, God, your acting career's gone down the toilet. Can I get a well, role she on did sofa? play uh, Kelly Andrews in The Young and the Restless a few years ago. No. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Sid's one round. She's so much better than soap operas. Come on, Cynthia. I'll be your agent and get you a better gig. Like, come and do Kill Feel 3 or something like <laughs> She's not been in a movie since 2014's Blood and Circumstance. Oh, coming soon to the Oz Network. Actually, I will backtrack. There is a page for Nurse from Meet Kevin Johnson. Um, trivia. Although being an unnamed character, the nurse is in fact named, as her name is shown <laughs> on her staff badge. However, her is name it? is unidentifiable in the episode, therefore she is considered an unnamed character. <laughs> <laughs> well, what's the name? I don't know. <laughs> well, that was a big waste of a minute of my life <laughs> Portrayed by Gallen Gorg Appeared in Meet Kevin Johnson Name, unknown Origin, New York City, New York US. Well, that's not true everyone, Not everyone in New York is from New York uh, Profession, <laughs> nurse Connection, <laughs> took care of Michael <laughs> Oh yeah I love how, like, on his little uh, box at the bottom of the page, it's got, like, flashback characters. You have Nurse, meet Kevin Johnson. Nurse, special. Um, Striped Shirt Girl. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) 
Yep. All right. Uh, <laughs> anyway, um, uh, so the the note that was attached to him, the suicide note, was uh, obviously for Walt. And the nurse says, "Should I call Walt?" And he says, "No." Uh, then we I, just sorry to interject, but we're talking about characters' names. Uh, Said's friend was called Jeff. Oh, Jeff! Classic <laughs> Jeff. Sorry. Does Jeff, Jeff have did theories? not witness Michael's retelling of the circumstance. <laughs> Jeff was presumably killed. Oh, um, poor Jeff. No theory. Uh, in the press release, he was credited simply as mechanic. The actor that portrays Jeff has a very meaningful name in the Lost Universe. He shares his first name with Sawyer's birth name, James, and his last name is the same as John. Locke. Wow. Uh, thanks for that. <laughs> Seriously, we just need to take a week of our life to just go on to Lost Peter and just edit the most mean, just get into debates with people. How do you know he was a mechanic? He could have been a doctor. He just was working on the boat. Well, you're already off to a good start. Not everyone from New York is lives in New York. Is born in New York. Uh, I've been to New York. I know that everyone's from New York. Um... So now we meet Michael's mum, who looks way too young to be his mum. I'm sorry. Like, she's... Oh, stop flirting. Oh, she's pretty... Pretty... Pretty? Um, <laughs> AKA Mrs. Dawson, uh, portrayed by <laughs> Starletta Depois. Depuis? Depois? Uh, she's been in two episodes? Really? Um, what other episode was she in? She was in There's No Place Like Home Part 2. Uh. Uh. Um, during casting for me, Kevin Johnson, she was described as Noreen, very tough and <laughs> nurturing on the inside, confronted with something from her past. She defends herself well, despite the emotional toll. Uh, <laughs> there are theories about her. Uh, knows of the Oceanic Six, knows the Oceanic Six are lying. Michael's story, he told her, and the Oceanic Six story doesn't add up. Out of curiosity, arose. Curiosity arose. Are they supposed to arouse? Oh no, arose. Uh, when Walt knew Hurley may go public with what she knows. <laughs> what? <laughs> speculating, <laughs> speculating on things she might do after the fact. She might go public. <laughs> like I would add this. Like every single theories page may get a dog one day. Um, <laughs> Oh, that is funny. She might go public. Might go public. <laughs> Someone better watch her. Um, oh. So Michael's visiting... <laughs> classic Noreen. Um, <laughs> visits Noreen. Wants to see Walt, saying it's a father's right. Um, she says no, that he gave up his rights as a father when he returned after two months of missing and didn't explain where he and his son had been. Like, okay... I get that as a slight point, but if you think your son has died in a plane crash and your grandson has died in a plane, are you going to be like, oh, you didn't really tell me where you are. I'm not going to speak to you anymore. Like, <laughs> I think, yeah, you're going to be a bit pissed off. But at the same time, you're going to be like, oh, my God, you're alive. Like, <laughs> like you thought he was dead in a plane crash and now you're being that way? Um, so Anyway, she adds that Walt has nightmares every day. Night and can I just read this from Lostpedia? She fiercely decrees that until Michael is willing to answer for what he did to Walt describe so badly, he's forfeited his parenthood. Fiercely decrees. 
that's Noreen style. <laughs> Very Noreen style. Mildly flirting and fiercely decreeing. <laughs> um, Michael leaves and we see Walt in the window. Is that actually Malcolm David Kelly? Because, like, isn't he older than that at this point? Well, I like in the production notes here it says, Malcolm David Kelly confirmed in an interview that he was the actor playing Walt. Jesus, he and must then... his knees then or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> But then it says here, according to showrunners Damon Cotton in the audio commentary, the image of Walt was taken from season one footage and digitally <laughs> placed in deep fake. <laughs> so Michael David Kelly's lying, clearly. <laughs> Somebody's lying here. We're getting back on the show. The biggest answer ever in Lost, Malcolm. Did you really was appear in that you? window? Um, and again, Good I need enough. to... I need to read this on Lostpedia again after fiercely decreeing this fact. Uh, Walt returns his gaze with a mixture of complacency and contempt and shuts the blind. I feel like I'm reading a novel here or something like that. It's like a general hospital script. (laughs) Um, We then see what happened to the Rolex. I like this kind of random little moment that the the gin's Mm -hmm. Rolex just gets traded in a pawn shop. Ever say that again? It's a nice little touch that they've included it from the season one episode. Yeah. Um, he trades it for a gun because only in America can you just walk into a pawn shop and go, <laughs> I want a gun with bullets! And then it's like, okay. <laughs> I, I like this guy is Gus and it says, uh, he's described as an inner city, unruly type. <laughs> he's a sketchy business owner who preys on human weakness. Classic Gus. Um, <laughs> I mean, like, there was there was an episode in Nip Tuck where basically Sean walks into a, a pawn shop with and gets a ring, and they're like, oh, what do you want for the ring? And he's just like, a gun. Like, like is this legitimately why there's a gun cash- problem in America? <laughs> going into cash converters. And- <laughs> 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 Can I have a gun? Uh, remember, remember when we used to randomly just drop names of businesses to try and get sponsored? And this week at Cash Converters, if you trade in your <laughs> ring, you can get an extra 10%. <laughs> Cashconverters.com.au uh, Is there cash converters in Korea? Oh god I'm, I'm sure there's all sorts of pawn shops but... <laughs> Are we still talking the pawn? No guns though No guns No. Uh, if you ask a, a Korean about their opinion on America Or something about America Oh guns <laughs> Not Harsh a joke but fair. Harsh but fair <laughs> uh, <laughs> So anyway So Michael's got a gun He's about to kill himself I love he's just in these Alley, gonna kill himself. Like, can't wait to go home or something Dark like that. Episode. Yeah, but like, just go to this alley. This random guy, like, you got the time. <laughs> Is that something oh, you've what? ever gone up to a stranger and gone, "Excuse me, Missy, you got the time"? <laughs> well, this is pre-smartphone days. True, very true. But not not pre-mobile phone days. And yeah. mobile phones have had time on it forever. <laughs> Tom, it's Tom Friendly who, according to Lostpedia, emerges from the shadows. He watched you in the shadows as a child. I like uh, Tom in this episode, and it's just—it's got a real seedy vibe that I like here. He scrubs up all right, MC Gaining, in this episode. Like you know, yeah. yeah oh. But this is where the timeline is just not so right because a, a, a few days ago he was playing football with Jack, and now he's here. But he does scrub up. I li- I do like how Lostpedia also is turning into uh, obvious explanation because uh, it says. Uh, Tom Friendly emerges from the shadows. Walt's kidnapper from the raft. Thanks, Lostpedia. <laughs> Thanks. Like Sawyer, do you mean Tom Friendly that was... 
Yes. Um, <laughs> I I know what you mean. Um, Michael attacks him, and the fight ends in a stalemate as both draw guns. Um, I do like. Oh. Uh, oh. Oh. Sorry. Uh, just. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, no. Uh, no. Um, <laughs> in the timeline. Tom leaves directly after Stranger in a Strange Land after the <laughs> trial. No wonder he left then. Uh, Who wouldn't leave after that, Stranger in a Strange Land? Literally, that's day 74, and then by day 75, he's in Manhattan. So <laughs> I don't know how he got there. And then he stayed in Manhattan for four days, and then the next day, uh, he was back playing football with Jack. <laughs> Well, he got his rocks off in New York, and he, you know, was happy then. <laughs> oh, God, Tom Friendly, he, he moves fast. Mr. International. Um, I, I do like it when he's pointing the gun at uh, Michael's head, and Michael's just like, do it, do it. Um, <laughs> and is this where he says, like, you know, the island won't let you die, uh, which is yeah. kind of cool. Like, I, I like sort of the way he says that. Uh, and that he still has work to do. Um, and then he tells him that he'll be at the penthouse suite of the Hotel Earl when Michael is ready to talk, and not only just talk. Um, <laughs> you know, how does Mr. Friendly have money? <laughs> like, at the penthouse suite. <laughs> paying ben him. Gives him <laughs> ben gives him an allowance. Yeah, what does he provide with Ben? Um, well, I, I, I really wish we got to see more of the others off-island, because we've got <laughs> Richard in a park filming kids. We've got... <laughs> Tom Tom banging guys at a penthouse suite, like, and we we saw Jill the butcher later on. Like, I, I want more of the off island others. There's that's, a spin off. That's what I'm saying. That's a spin off that they're going to do when they reboot it. Sick like, off island others. <laughs> off island others is filmed in front of a live studio audience. <laughs> hi guys. Oh hi, Mister Friendly. <laughs> MC Ganey should be in a sitcom. I could see that. He could be in the reboot of Friends. He could be Joey. <laughs> How are you doing? <laughs> Who's playing the other characters out of this cast? Um, well, clearly, um, Juliet is... Fixed. Matthew Fox needs to come back. Matthew Fox is Ross. <laughs> <laughs> and Ian Summerholder is Chandler. No, Ian Summerholder is Rachel. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, Terry O'Quinn is Chandler. <laughs> Emily the Raven as Monica. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but we knew Michael Emerson. Michael Emerson as Gunther. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Who's going to play the son? Oh. That could be in some <laughs> uh, Walt. Um. <laughs> David Kelly. What? But does he really appear, or is he digitally inserted? Um. When are they going to bring back friends? Ah. Uh. I hope they don't. That's one of these shows that I just don't want them ever. Because like, it's just going to be depressing to see like 50-year-old people now. Trying have the tone to... of Mitch Evan Johnson. It was, like, it was like Will and Grace started off okay when they brought it back, but they just turned it so goddamn preachy. Like every single episode, it's like, oh, let's point out an issue with the world. It's like, mm, okay, this isn't why I watch this show, but great. Um, so When are they going to bring back Gary Sweet? <laughs> Gary Sweet. I wish we had a laugh track on this show because every time we get <laughs> Gary Sweet, <laughs> how do we get Gary Sweet on to recap an episode of Lost? G'day, Gary, welcome to the Lost. Oz Network. How you going? Yeah, good. What do you think of Lost? Then I never watched it. Okay, thanks, Gary. See you later. 
We could get him just for a random episode of LOL. I wonder, like, what he is doing right now. Like, in this moment in time. Do you think he's just, like, chilling? Oh, he has an Instagram. I didn't, I didn't think he would have a... At, at Gaza Sweet. He's, um, <laughs> he's his Instagram. There's a picture of him working out, pumping his muscles. Um, pretty good for him. I'm surprised he hasn't been on Survivor Champions vs. Contenders. Um, he posts shirtless selfies of himself. Um, cool. He's pretty ripped for a... I don't know, would he be like 80 now or something like that? Um, <laughs> I don't know. 8,013 followers does Gary Sweet have? He's not even that famous. He can't even get more than 10,000 followers. Come on, everybody. Follow Gary Sweet. Yeah. Man Make needs... Gary Sweet trend. <laughs> Make Gary Sweet great again. <laughs> um, anyway, we, we talk too much about Gary Sweet on this podcast. Like, come on. Talk about Lost, boys. It's a... Dear Oz Network, stop talking about Gary Sweet and talk about Lost. Sincerely, the Angry Lost Listener. Boys. I wish we had somebody complaining. That would be great. Um, Chris Dixon will send in. Don't worry. Um, so a short time later in his apartment, Michael tries to shoot himself. And guess what? The gun jams. Uh, and then just as he's about to do it, the news comes on about Oceanic 815. They've found uh, all the passengers. No dead bodies shown this time. Yeah, I know. <laughs> this is like CBS. It's not Fox News. Um, <laughs> so he goes back to the penthouse and here is... The big reveal, Mr. Friendly is gay. Oh! <laughs> God. What does he say? Like, while I'm back in the mainland, I like to enjoy the pleasures of life. And he's like, come here, Arturo. Who is this guy? Um, <laughs> it says here, uh, Arturo is the only known gay character with Tom. Uh, Hurley's sister-in-law, Lisa, was presumably bisexual. Oh, that's right, because she left with the... We went she ran here. off. Yeah. I like here it says his name may refer to Italian quick change artist Arturo Bracetti, who is known to be gay. <laughs> Not is gay, he's known to be gay. No, it depends on the day. Um, <laughs> there's trivia. There's theories. Oh, no. Oh, uh, theory, yeah. He's the man <laughs> being beaten by Charles Wimmore. Sorry. Did you just read the fashion? <laughs> the fact that under theories, you have three subsections victim, gay, Others. <laughs> I like Arturo is important only to confirm theories that Tom is gay and serves no purpose to the plot. <laughs> why, why do you need to have a big sausage and gay? Uh... <laughs> theories. This guy might be gay. I'm getting vibes. It's just a theory. Uh, he might go public with this. <laughs> oh, God. Um... What? This is just... Who <laughs> writes this stuff? Victim, gay, others. Theories, gay. <laughs> it's not even funny. It's just not appropriate. Like, theories, gay. Um, I want to put under, like, Jack's thing. Theories, straight. Um, <laughs> woman, public. man, Caucasian. Uh, uh. Anyway. I mean, we, we don't need a theories page to tell us Arturo is gay. Thanks, Lostpedia. I'm so glad you exist in my life. Like, just, just if without you, the bleeding obvious wouldn't be obvious. Um, so poor old Arturo gets asked to leave, and we... Um, do, you, Tom... do you remember... Because I do remember... It wasn't a big thing, but it was like, oh. oh. Like, 
I guess Mr. Friendly's gay, but do you remember seeing it the first time? And what is your opinion on the fact that they didn't have any gay characters, but they just put, like, a Mr. Friendly, who was the big baddie for a long time. Like, let's get him hook up with an Italian guy in New York. I mean, what? I I think I said before, I would have been, like, 21 when this episode aired, so 21-year-old Ben didn't probably <laughs> give a shit. Like, I mean, like, it's. I think it goes back into what you were saying about how... And I don't even necessarily think it's a sign of the times or anything like that, because, like, I mean, you know, 2008 was moving forward, you know? I mean, by that stage, like, Will and Grace and all these sort of shows, like, sort of gay sort of characters were a thing. It wasn't like, you know, uh, uh, what do you call it? Like a um, a token moment where it's like, oh, my God, shocking. So I don't know if I really had a reaction to it. It's kind of like, oh, okay, cool, he's gay. Like, okay. What cool. was a, a, a bigger... Uh television moment ellen coming out on her tv show or mr friendly being gay mr friendly definitely definitely <laughs> uh we didn't need laura dern and a, a pa system to to hear the shock values around the world when all these women <laughs> hearts broke oh no he's gay oh no not mr friendly not mr friendly i never watched country bears the same again after this episode no. <laughs> Completely ruined and it for me. Sadly enough, this is Tom's last episode of Lost. Weird, weird they didn't bring him in for the Flash sideways. So this is it for him. Goes oh. out with a bang. Literally. Um, oh, poor Tom. Um, do, do you think that, like, oh, okay, that's a dumb question. If they, <laughs> when they bring back Lost again, there's going to be more than one gay character. Uh, I think kind of it's just... It, it has to be, I think, kind of, that's just how TV works now, right? Like, and I'm not saying it's a bad all, thing. All the characters, they're going to be on, like, this LGBT cruise thing that crashes on the island. You just, you just have the token white man now, like, there's just one white man now. Like, the rest <laughs> is, like, a diverse cast with uh, mainly gay and uh, bi characters. Um, <laughs> the white man now is the obscure one. Like, oh, God, he's the white man. Uh, <laughs> white, straight male. God, what is this crap? Um... See, this is where he explains about the the whole wreckage being fake, uh, that Widmore did this, and he shows all the uh, the documents of the grave like that were dug up in time. Yeah, so do I. Cause this is, is this the last time we kind of hear about the explanation about all this? Um, uh, sure, but poor, poor Thailand people. But, but poor again, people. this is just like... I know we talked about this a few weeks ago, but like at the end of the day, like they see these dead bodies and like, oh, there's a... A middle-aged bald man in a wheelchair, but these are all Asian people. Like, I mean, like it's kind of. <laughs> like, <laughs> Don't you know? you know that when bodies are underwater for ninety days, they turn Asian? <laughs> True. Yes. Exactly. Um, you know, uh, Echo and Michael's bodies like clearly just faded or something like that. Like it just. At least we can call people out on being racist if they say that's Sun and Jin. Like, yeah, <laughs> racist. All, these are Thai people. Yeah, come on now. Not even uh, bordering countries. Well, I, I guess the bodies decompose, but um, but when you saw it on TV, that like that was not decomposed. Like no, was... but it's not a well thought through plan because they they bear, dug up the cemetery, but presumably some people know cemetery have been dead for quite a while so uh their bodies have probably already decomposed. Like, they dug one up and like oh no that's a skeleton put that but one back like, 
when you have a plane crash though, like when they recover bodies and not to be completely morbid, but in certain plane crashes, you're not going to have like a fully intact body. You're going to have a limb or like a piece of this. So you have to identify them by DNA. And I'm sure that they still have to identify a fully intact body by DNA. So again, like... But they, they did say that, that who so, someone would drop a, have the funds to drop a plane so deep that it couldn't couldn't be recovered. Yeah, they can send a submarine down there to film it in perfect quality. Uh, <laughs> well, I think it was like a drone, wasn't it? Well, I guess they saw the Titanic, but they can't pull the Titanic up, so... I, f- I feel like Thailand was not the right country. No, no. Uh, I feel like they should have... They should have went with a bit more of an obscure... Like a country where really you stand. wouldn't have known. Yes, like... like this probably would have been known had this happened in Thailand, but there are some countries around the world where shady shit probably always goes on <laughs> that we don't know about. Yeah, true. Uh, but anyway, it's still kind of cool that somebody's done all these to, like, bury a I, I love all the backstory stuff. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. Um, and so we find, like, little bits here about Widmore wants the island to himself. He's going to kill everyone on the island. And this is again, like, setting up... Season four is very, like, not James Bondy, but it's very, like, Cold War, kind of. The vibe throughout season four, with all this Ben versus Widmore stuff, is very just... There's a whole other show going on here, really. Well, I always liked that fact of Lost, where kind of you ultimately have, like, these two people battling over an island. Um, And I think kind of... Something like that that gets lost in all the hoo-ha about, you know, oh, lost their answer questions, and oh, it went shit after, like, two, two seasons, and now they all end up in purgatory, and oh, <laughs> like, it's just, it's just, like, it's annoying, because, like, this is something that doesn't really ever get talked about, because, again, like, the very first episode, like, this is a story about good versus evil, like, you know, black versus white, like, I mean, I know that kind of ultimately relates to, like, Jacob and uh, the man in black, but again, like, it's kind of parallel with Ben and Widmore, isn't it? Kind of just battling it out over this island. Like, it's just little things like that that, mm. you know, yeah, we can point out some dumb things here and there that don't work, but, I mean, that's just television, you know? Breaking Bad has it. Game of Thrones, I'm sure, had it. Like, just the, the Sopranos, like, these, The Wire, these shows that are considered the best of all time have issues and continuity errors and things like that. So... Um. Yeah. Just. Just. I just think it's really clever that they do this. And like, obviously, this, you know, we're gonna get more of this next episode too. So, yeah, I, I like it. That's my point. Um. So we then he gets given a uh, Michael gets given a passport. His new name will be Kevin Johnson. <laughs> sure, Johnson. I'm, I'm sorry. Like I, this. This isn't meaning to sound racist, but Michael does not look like a Kevin Johnson. Like that's just such a white man's name. Like you know, like that's just a man who works at the post office. G'day, Kevin Johnson. Like <laughs> Kevin is a pretty white man's name. I'll like, that. It really is. Like you know, that would be the name of the white character in the last reboot. It's just the man in Australia who works. You know, at, at Bunnings. Have you ever met someone called Kevin? Because I've never met a Kevin. I met Kevin Rudd. Does that count? Um, <laughs> yeah, I met him like three He times. came to my school, but I went home because I didn't really care. <laughs> I met him at the cricket when he was prime minister. <coughs> I interviewed him when he was foreign minister, and then I met him at a after-drinks function when he was also... He was standing at a bar by himself because I had, used to have like um, this cabinet. That might have been when he came to your school because that was in Kingston. 
um, Kingborough area. And um, ah, it's like lost these connections. Yeah, I know. But they used to have this thing that travelled where they would like they have a community cabinet where like the prime minister and several ministers would go to a school and answer questions. So I went along and met Julia Gillard and got the photo taken with her and all that sort of stuff when she was prime minister. But then because I was a member of the Labor Party at the time, so I got invited to like the after function drinks. Ah, Kevin Rudd was not the the prime minister. Julia Gillard also came to the school, but he yeah. came with her. Maybe that's probably um, it. That's I reckon that would have been it. Was that like 2011? 2011. Yeah, yeah, like Octoberish time. Look at us trying to work this out here. Um, <laughs> October seven. No, I don't know. <laughs> at four eighteen but, p.m. Oh my I, god! I, I hold a big uh, grudge and resentment towards Julia Gillard because. Uh, in our our theatre at the school, uh, we had this big castle set because we did the Three Musketeers. Uh, but this was months after. And uh, I had to be the lucky bugger that had to take it down because they didn't want Julie Gillard walking out on a castle. <laughs> and it took a long... I, I, I heard, like, the lucky bugger and then it cut out, but I'm sure it was a funny story. Um Oh, oh, anytime I tell a story. <laughs> <laughs> Don't tell stories on, on the old uh, network. I'm never going to talk about my my grudge with the Prime Minister or any personal story ever again. I was going to say, so you didn't vote for her in the next election, but she wasn't even Prime Minister in the next election, so it wouldn't have mattered. No, I'm glad she got re-stabbed in the back after, <laughs> after I had to take apart that castle. That was heavy. <laughs> She'd write her a letter. Dear Julia... I had to take you realise what you've done. <laughs> oh Lord! One of the thirteen thousand prime ministers we've had this week well, in Australia. You would have seen me there had I not gone home. So oh, there, there, there's our just missed lost connection. Well, that was like you were at Weird Al Yankovic, weren't you? At the same time as I was, like, oh. Yeah, but I would have been about twelve then. So I probably would have met you on Facebook. Clearly, so yeah. <laughs> I was about to say, would have been perfect timing. Would have been, yeah. I, I could smell something My in the room friends. that night. Like, I was like, hang on a minute, someone's here that I'm going to know one day, and he's 12. Good time to talk to him. Add him on MySpace. <laughs> My, oh, hashtag bring My back Tom. MySpace. Yeah, why don't they bring back MySpace? Reboot it. Tom from <laughs> Tom Bring Bradley. back Tom. <laughs> Everyone has had Tom in their top. Remember how political the top eight was on MySpace? Like, <laughs> you're number three. I'm number one on yours. It's like. <laughs> it's like oh. predates power ranking. Oh, when you had, um, like, you had your song on your MySpace page or whatever, <laughs> someone visited your MySpace page. It was like, oh, is that your favorite song at the moment? Is it Ben? Um, Die Another Day. <laughs> I did have Madonna on there, but not Die Another Day. So, we should see if we can get Tom on for an episode of Lost, because I'm sure he's not busy. He's not busy at all. <laughs> and it's the one... Has anyone ever seen a picture of him that isn't that one of him in that white shirt, <laughs> like, turning slightly to the side, smiling at the camera? If we do get him on, I'm not having him on unless he's on the webcam in that exact position. He's <laughs> probably, like, fat and airy now. <laughs> Are we both Googling Tom from MySpace? Uh, but, Tom but Anderson! Joke's on us, because he sold that company for a lot of money. And yeah, Justin Timberlake bought it. He's not getting involved with Russians or whatever the hell 
He made a cameo appearance in the 2009 American comedy drama film Funny People. Um, cool. Um, I don't think he's been heard from since 2014. Uh, oh, no. Where's Paul? <laughs> saying that with Matthew Fox. Uh, um, Jesus, Tom from MySpace. That's a name that hasn't been mentioned in a long time. Uh, this is why we never get these episodes done in under an hour, folks. Um, so, yeah, Michael... <laughs> Um, Tom tells him that he's got an opportunity to redeem himself. <laughs> Which Tom? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Tom from MySpace. Tells, 2004, so he was just starting out with his MySpace. <laughs> tells um, Michael Zuckerberg um, that Facebook sucks. Um, so, tells him that he's got um, a chance to redeem himself. He's not going back to the island, but uh, he's you got to go on the boat and basically kill everyone. Um, Michael goes to Fiji again. <laughs> hey, I recognize you. You're that guy that randomly, um, got rescued. Uh, we see Minkowski again. We see Naomi. Uh, what's, what's this thing? The way Naomi's like, ah, oh, you're, you're American, aren't you? And he's like, yes. Like, I could tell by the accent. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you had a 50% chance there, Naomi. Good job. <laughs> Doesn't she say like Brooklyn? Like. Does he sound like... Does he have a New York accent? He does not. I feel like he's got a very neutral accent. But then he's like, Manchester. Oh, you knew that, did you? Like... A bit of mild flirting. They are definitely mildly flirting. Um, But it is cool to think that when we saw Naomi in season three that she had already met Michael. In hindsight, that's kind of cool to think about. I also like how uh, Miles is just in the boat, like, going, I know your name's not Kevin. (laughs) (laughs) Racist Miles. (laughs) <laughs> well, you said it too. Well, true, but racist, you know that about me already. So, it, you know. <laughs> um, so then uh, a phone rings and uh, Mr. MySpace, he's like, oh, you met some of them, didn't you? You started to put some faces uh, to the names. It's like, oh, you know, let me give you some other names. Kate, Jack. <laughs> like, I like that. That's cool. Boo. Uh, boo. <laughs> oh. Uh, Lapidus meets Michael, meanwhile. Um, I like, I like that. I, I do like blabbermouth Lapidus. Like, let me tell you a secret. <laughs> it's not the OJ <laughs> Like, come on. Like, I love how he leads with, you know those kooks who don't believe that the moon landing is real? Well, this is like that, but real. Like, but yeah, Lapidus okay. definitely believes in that as well. Lapidus is like, so, you know, September 11, right? didn't <laughs> he's definitely definitely one of them but okay admittedly we know that Lapidus is telling the truth here so <laughs> Lapidus should be on the X-Files <laughs> <laughs> oh I would watch that when are they bringing back the X oh wait how many times have they brought it back um... when, they, when will they stop bringing back the X-Files <laughs> <laughs> they're like what well, the two seasons they brought back there was like two good episodes um and Lapidus then just... went great he would be. Not the actor, Lapidus. You're just Lapidus. Lapidus! He's alive, so they could do a crossover. Lapidus! Um, <laughs> Never do that. <laughs> Not the first person to say that to me. Um, a couple of days later, Michael's just chilling, and all of a sudden, guns are being fired, and I love how he's just like, hey, what are oh, you doing? I like this scene. <laughs> it's kind of like, at the end of the day, Clearly, they're practicing shooting for the, what, 2008 Olympics at that time. <laughs> um, I just like how Michael, like, 
questions them as if to say, like, what are you doing? And Kimmy's just like, shooting stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Kimmy is great. And this is why I do like this episode, how it's a bit of, like, afraid of flashback as well. But Michael is a terrible spy if he's just getting all up in everyone's grill. Yeah. I, d- I do, like, Kimmy, I like Kimmy, but, like, it, it, the guy who plays him does a very good... Like mm-hmm. character of that you hate him. Like there's nothing redeeming. Redeem- about him. Like no. you hate this guy, um, and like he does a great job of that. And that's why I think kind of I can appreciate this character because you know you don't like this guy, uh, Kevin Durand. Is he not a? Doesn't he play for the Brooklyn Nets? Um, he is who plays Kimi. He's off other things that's too, great. isn't he? He's from Canada. I think he's one of those ones who's in a few episodes of things. Oh, yeah. Rarely. Here's the website, kevindurand.com, which doesn't seem to work. Um, a real missed opportunity here to not call it durandurand.com. <laughs> I just I just can imagine he often gets confused with the basketball player. So, <laughs> anyway. Um, That's why he was shooting things. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not Kevin Durant. I'm Kevin Durant. It's a D, not a T. Um, so this pisses Michael off. So he basically now is ready to blow shit up. <laughs> so <he laughs> goes to the crate that he got given. He doesn't like guns, Michael. Yeah, I don't like guns. They're coarse and rough and irritating. You get everywhere. Uh, so he got given a crate. I should have said that when he got on the boat. Um, he takes the crate to the engine room, sees a bomb, gets ready to uh, press execute, um, he hears the Mama Cass song he was listening uh, to. Says another vis- vision of Libby, who tells him not to do it. She disappears. Michael says, I love you, Walt, and presses a button. And just like on an episode of Looney Tunes, we get a <laughs> flag that pops out and says, bang. Um, actually, it says, not yet, which is kind of cool. I kind of like that. I don't know. It's a bit you don't much. like it? It's a bit much. bit too Acme, Bugs Bunny? It's a bit too... For for Ben Linus, it's a bit too Bond villainy, <laughs> but that's what makes it good. He would be a great Bond villain. Screw oh, yeah. Rami Malek, like it should be Michael Emerson. Um, later on, Michael's just bouncing a ball against the wall. <laughs> <laughs> Bored, Michael. What, do, what does Minkowski say about that? Isn't it something to do with the Shawshank Redemption? Uh ah. Uh. No, it's not. Oh, what does he say? Uh, Maybe no, it is the short. Not Shawshank Redemption. It's um. No, 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 no. The Shining. Jack Nicholson. Yeah, that's. Oh, the Shawshank. Both often confused. The Shining. And the Shawshank Redemption. <laughs> I was thinking that does not sound right. But they're both <laughs> Morgan Stephen Freeman King. and uh, Morgan Freeman and uh, Jack Nicholson. Most Michael Michael Dawson didn't know it, but soon he would be blown up. That's a great movie. Like, I know everyone that knows it's a great movie. That's not one of these movies where people are like, oh, that's <laughs> underrated. Like, legitimately often voted as the greatest movie of all time. But, um... Thanks for telling us, Ben. But, like, that's been a while since I've watched The Shawshank Redemption. Movie. Yeah. No. Coming soon to the Oz Network. Bugger lost. The Shawshank Redemption. Well, that's uh, what will get Gary Sweet on. Yeah. Imagine posting that on social media. The Shawshank Redemption recap featuring special guest Gary Sweet. <laughs> and Tom from MySpace. <laughs> Remember that time on um, Survivor Oz we got like a recap with Sari and Mitchell Olsen, like the most <laughs> random pairing ever. 
Like Tom, Tom, have you met Gary in your uh, in your time? <laughs> no. Um, that's, that's how we make a name for ourselves as a podcast. We're just like this week's lost recap featuring. Britney Spears. <laughs> like, uh, when we finish the episodes, we're going to go through them all again, uh, and just with different celebrities. Celebrity recaper, recapper of Lost, <laughs> featuring Gary Sweet and Kevin Rudd. <laughs> now I've got a bone to pick with you, Kevin Rudd, because back in high school, Julia <laughs> Gillard finally gets confronted by Noah whilst recaping Stranger in a Strange Land. <laughs> Next week, Julia Gillard recaps Stranger. <laughs> like, we should just send out requests like, Dear Donald Trump, um, would you like to come on and recap Meet Kevin Johnson? <laughs> you know, it's so wacky that it just might work, but we have we have to specifically choose episodes for the different for the different celebrities. Uh, but you know by episode ten it will be like here's Anthony Rossi and Nick <laughs> Chester. <laughs> we might get nine Gary Sweets, and by then it's a bit Emily DeRaven. Let's be honest, it's just going to be Billy Garcia in every single episode. <laughs> this week, Billy is back. <laughs> Recapping Dave. <laughs> you know, Billy would be good in Dave. Like, he's the, the friend, the guy from Californication. Like, that's him. <laughs> he's an actor, right, Billy? He was robbed of not being in a lost guest oh, part. Billy... What a man. Like, if I had to rank men with the name beginning with B, it'd be Boone and Billy. Like, just like, you just have men.com. There's just a picture of Billy Garcia. I'm sure you've been on men.com before. I kind of want to type uh, it in right Arturo. now. Arturo. Hang on, let's okay, yeah. see it. Men.com. All right, let's go to this. Um, uh, yeah, it's a gay website. Yep, absolutely. Uh, the Rental House featuring three shirtless men. <laughs> Gary Sweet. Tom uh, Anatomy of a Men scene. Um, <laughs> Jamie's favourite website. Matthew Camp starts in Camp Chaos. Oh, Power Yoga. Uh, Legend of Big Cock. Oh, there's a penis. Um... <laughs> It took four seasons, but finally we got to the episode where Ben scrolls through gay porn. All right, we've got latest gay porn scenes tied to you. Don't tell my dad. Flip fuck and the rental (laughs) house part. Don't tell my dad. Oh, hang on, hang on. There's an even better one here. Bro, is this your dick? <laughs> He's never seen one before. Space Invaders Part <laughs> I think you found the, the Oz Network's new recap series. P- p- putting the ass in assistant. Uh... <laughs> I like, don't tell... Is the one thing you could say after you have a hookup? Oh, don't tell my dad. <laughs> don't tell dad. Don't tell my dad recap featuring Gary Sweet. <laughs> well, actually, I played a dad, so I can relate to, to this role. <laughs> Does that mean... Are there unanswered questions? Did... 
they tell the dad. Does that mean if I go to woman.com, it'll be a lesbian website? Oh, it doesn't exist. Sexist. (laughs) Very sexist. We finally got to the episode where Ben goes to men.com. What about ben.com? Oh, um, possibly. <laughs> um, I'm sure it exists. Hang on. Uh, BenWaterworth.com exists. I know. I own it. Um, Ben.com is Ben Jackson. Welcome to my webpage. It's not a blog, but it does consist of many pages created over a long span of time. The difference is that each of my entries is a snapshot of the web design I felt like doing at the moment. You get to read about my projects, but at the same time, you are treated to a museum of ancient web design. Don't be alarmed if every page you see has a different style. That's what the entire web is going to look like when everyone's site is 14 years old. Um, Men.com was more interesting. <laughs> is there Noah.com? Um, oh, it takes you to uh, Men.com again. Um, <laughs> welcome to Noah.com. Enter Twins Birth Photo Album. Page one, page two, page three. God protect our troops. Um, (laughs) It's literally like a website of somebody's family album. You click like photo page number one and there's like a picture of a man with a baby, a woman with a baby. And like, it's just like a family album of somebody's just given birth. Oh, oh, this is creepy. (laughs) Yes. um, Oh, this is really bizarre. I don't like this. Anyway. Is that Gary uh, Sweet? GarySweet.com. Oh, it's just a dad. Um, where are we even up to? There. Um, uh, he's, oh, the bomb. <laughs> There's a phone call with a tennis ball. Um, Minkowski lie. Well, he doesn't lie. He tells him that Walt's on the phone. So Michael gets on the phone and it's Ben. Oh, Dick Ben move. Great. Um, and I, I like this bit when basically Ben's like, oh, you know, at war, I don't kill innocent people. Um, I'm not that kind of person. And then basically Michael's like, oh, but you killed Libby and uh, Anna Lucia. And the way Ben's just like, no, you did. I never asked you to do that. He's got a point. He does. <laughs> just to make Michael feel even worse about himself. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, Ben asked Michael to get a list of everybody on board and then disable the radio, disable the engine so the ship can't get there. And then I also like the way he ends it by saying, like, Michael, you're now one of the good guys. (laughs) Um, So, ah, Jesus, Ben's great. So good. What a man. He's another man on men.com. Okay, I'm not saying that every year. Uh, <laughs> but I, I don't get that Michael's the spy on the boat, but from as far as we know, this is the only phone call that they ever have. So how does Ben know all the information about everyone? Because he's Ben. <laughs> I guess, well, Mr. Friendly knew a fair bit, didn't he? So... Yeah, but Grand Bowler. Hardly, hardly the spy. Grant Bowler is a mole. It's finally come full circle. Grant <laughs> Bowler has finally achieved a life goal. Um, just, I am not the mole! Um, so, I, I do like this bit, though, the way um, Saeed's like, you're working for Benjamin Linus. Uh, and then Saeed just drags him and dobs on him. Like, 
<laughs> goes like straight that. to the teacher. Um, tells Grant Bowler, tells him the truth. This is Michael Dawson, and he's a traitor. Um, so yeah, that's kind of cool. And then we get the episode ending on a bit of a cliffhanger. So we've got Rousseau, we've got Carl, um, and we've got Alex uh, just chilling, taking a break. And then out of nowhere, uh, oh, I should, I should say Carl drops a Star Wars line. I have a bad feeling about this. <laughs> um, and then we hear gunshots. I, I like the way the kind of the gunshots happen, sort of the way like what the shot goes through his drink of water or whatever it is. And mm. then he just gets shot in the chest. Um, poor old, uh, Carl is dead. We didn't know you. Um, then Russo and Alex duck behind a tree, trying to work out where they should run for it. Then Russo stands up and is like, it's okay. I love you very much. I'm good to save you. And then she dies and gets shot. That's it. Thanks, Russo, for coming to Lost. Um, I do like the way this is sort of edited and put together, though, the way there's kind of like silence. And then sort of Alex stands up and is just basically like, no, wait, 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 no, I'm Ben, Ben's daughter, I'm Ben's daughter. Boom, lost. Um, yeah. It's a pretty cliffhanger way to end it, but Jesus, Russo. Yeah, this bothered me a lot when I first saw it, and ten years later it still bothers me. The, uh, you can't call her an Im- particularly important character, but in terms of the lore of loss, she is an iconic character, and it bothered me so much that they tacked her death on randomly at the end of an episode of season four uh, with Carl in a double death of, oh, let's just shoot her. She's been alive for 16 years on this one. Bang, bang, she's dead. Um, I do like the actual way it happens where she, like, runs out and, oh, no. Uh, But I hated this at the time, and still to this day bitter that we never got a Russo flashback. And no, I don't count the time travel with Hot Rousseau next season, but it's just, it, it's such a rushed kind of, uh, it's like the arts death, if arts was a kind of important or at least an iconic character in the show. It's just so like out of nowhere and there's no real reason why she had to die. Like, why did Russo have to go at this moment? I get Carl and then Alex next week, but for Russo, it just never worked. This character who's technically been in there since the pilot made it all the way to season four and then just gone. It angered me at the time, and it's still, to me, one of the biggest disappointments in Lost. Do you think it was just done for shock value, though? That, like, everything you just said, it's kind of like, let's just kill them off, like the the 24 model of, like, no one's safe, boom, you're dead? I think it's more they're just moving towards an endgame now, so it's like, well, they probably didn't see a place for her in the show, and rather than having a pop-up bonjour throughout the next three seasons, it's just, well, we can tie this in now, that way we don't have to think about where Rousseau would be when they're time traveling and all that messy stuff. So yeah, she deserved a goddamn flashback. We got Jack's tattoos, but we never got a proper Rousseau flashback. I would have liked to seen her live happily ever after with Rose and Bernard's neighbors like, bonjour, can I <laughs> yeah, put a cup of sugar? <laughs> why not? It's yeah. It's so frustrating. Do we eulogize Rousseau? Or did we just do that? <laughs> I get just yeah. I guess so. That 
I really like Rousseau as a character, uh, and she's still so iconic from that message that we heard and the 16 years. It was clear she was never going to get off the island, but, yeah, I guess my main eulogy is she did have some character development and her story did kind of tie up where she got to be with Alex for a little bit and she finally got to see her daughter, but and that she looked like she was going to be her mother and they were getting along, but the death is one of the biggest disappointments in Lost and as much as I love her character, I just don't see the purpose for this here. And yeah, but Russo is great. I think we've said enough about her throughout this recap. We see her again in the flash sideways, don't we? Isn't she just like living yeah. in suburbia or something like that? Yeah. Oh, good for her. Um, Melissa Farman played the younger hot Russo. <laughs> uh, just, just pointing that out. Um, <laughs> I love, so on Russo's page, you know, our lovely head- headlines of gay others. Um, we have post death flash sideways. Russo's French. Um, <laughs> thanks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, the older Rousseau, as played by Croatian actress Mira Furlan, spoke with a strange French accent and at times speaks French poorly. <laughs> For instance, she mispronounced Le Territoire France, dark territory. The word France, or Français, or I guess it's got umlaut at the end of it, so is that Français, includes acute accent and the eh is pronounced eh. But Rousseau pronounced the word as if the eh was silent. What? A native French speaker would never... Such a dumb language. Shut up, France. Stop being dumb. Um, trivia. 26 episodes she's in. Uh, she's the character with the most appearances that never got a star billing. Um, mm. Excludes Aaron and Vincent. Both of whom <laughs> had most appearances uncredited. Um, she met all the main characters except for Boone, Libby, Echo... Daniel, Richard, Alana, Lapidus, Pierre, Christian, Penny, and a lot of fucking main characters she didn't meet. <laughs> Boone heard Danielle's voice in her transmission. Oh, Boone listening. <laughs> uh, Richard is presumably aware of Danielle since Ben mentioned in Dead is Dead about the crazy woman and Richard was present. Okay. Um, I'll, you, you mentioned this before, didn't you, that in the French star, Brousseau is said to be German. Uh, which which creates some, I don't care. <laughs> which creates some continuity errors, notably with the song La Mer and her name. <laughs> um, so, yep, cool. Last words. He's gone. Listen to me. I need you to take my hand. On the count of three, we're going to run. Can you do that with me? I love you. I love you very much. Alexandra, are you ready? One, two, three. <laughs> um, so, yeah, cool. All right. Um, so that's uh, Mick Kevin Johnson. Do you have anything else to Add. Well, I guess Carl. Oh, Carl. Um, he was there. Cool. Yeah. Uh, anything else to add? <laughs> <laughs> Carl never liked him. Never. Ne- he's just yeah. Poor Carl. <laughs> <laughs> um. Not not a shining character in Lost history. No. What Carl theories do we have? Um, gay. Oh wait. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um. Origins, Karl might also be named after the philosopher Karl Popper, who was a harsh critic of utopian social engineering. Uh, why do they always have to like say 
you know, oh, he could be this, could be this. <laughs> okay, here's another a love, a lovely argument. Carl is of German-speaking descent. This is indicated by the fact that Carl, with a K, is much more common in these countries than elsewhere. He is either born in that region or has a parent of German-speaking origin. This would also explain the lack of knowledge of the Brady Bunch in the German known uh, version known under Dremachten und Jungen. And then somebody argues, that's not strictly true. Well, the alternative German spelling makes it more likely that he's of German descent. It doesn't definitely make it so. And then someone says underneath it, he could also possibly be the German tail ender. Um, And then somebody says, Carl could not have possibly been the German tail ender or any other survivor of Ocean A15. He developed Ben's x-rays with Juliet prior to the crash. Additionally, Carl may not have been his real name. If he was kidnapped as a baby and brought to the island under any nefarious circumstance, I love how they leave in edits here of arguments. Like, if I went to Wikipedia page of Donald Trump and said, Donald Trump is an alien born on the planet Mars... Somebody just, like, not re-edit that to not say that and say, no, that this is not strictly true. We have no evidence that Donald Trump was born on Mars. Like, just delete the post. Um, trivia for this episode. Um, so the flashback, Michael's flashback is suggested to have taken place sometime between day 68 and day 82. Um, Christmas trees visible in Michael's flashbacks suggest it happened in or near the month of December. Thanks for that. Um, the Korean inscriptions on the back of the Rolex watch. Come on, Noah, you're Korean now. What did they say? Congratulations. And what else? Uh, Mr. Peak. And what else? Uh, watch. <laughs> Gary, sweet. Mutual cooperation and business development. Um, Michael hears whispers and sees Libby just before he activates the bomb on the freighter. This is the first time whispers are heard off the island. Ooh. Um, this is Alex's last appearance outside of a Ben-centric episode. Um, cool. Um, and yeah, as you said, it was the last appearance of Tom Friendly. It is a first episode since the introduction in which Daniel Faraday does not appear. There you go. Um, this is the third of five episodes in which both Matthew Fox, Jack, and Evangeline Lily, Kate, do not appear. The others being the other 48 days, Flashes Before Your Eyes, Jughead, and Dead is Dead. So, no Jack in this episode. How sad. Sorely um, missed. Sorely missed. He was off getting some more tattoos. Any questions or answers in this episode? Uh, not really. Did, we already answered that Michael was the the spy, didn't we? So. I believe we did. Oh, yeah, who's the man in the boat? I haven't crossed, crossed that out. So I will do that now. Um, Unless oh, there was the, one, like, what happened to Michael? Uh, we had how did Michael end up on the boat last week. So. Oh, yeah, well, we know that. Why do we put that in? We don't usually do that, do we? <laughs> um, yeah, I think that's it, really. So, yes. All right. Uh, what are we doing in this episode? Are we Gary Sweeting it? Are we men.coming it? Or are we 
um, binning it. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't think of another one to go with that. If you had asked me when we first uh, started this podcast, as in a few years ago, I would have said one answer, but having watched it, uh, I'm going to give it a rent. I would have said for the longest time, oh, yeah, that episode, that's a buy, the one with Michael, but it's got a lot of things going for it, and it is important that we have to tell this story of how we got back, and it's nice to follow up with Michael. This is the last episode. He's last centric. And I do like the tone of the episode. We get Tom back. But, yeah, it is just a bit like... It's a... It's a necessary episode, but it's not a necessary episode, and it, it is a bit boring at times. But overall, there's some there's some good stuff going for it here, and it is very tragic. Uh, I, I hate the ending of it with the Russo stuff. That that sours it for me a lot. Um, yeah, it, it's a middle episode of Lost. It's not as good as I remember, but it's there's many worse episodes. I am going to buy it. I like it. Really? You mm. did not talk this episode up. I, I just was too busy going to men.com, apparently. Um, I, I, I do. I like it. I, I kind of, you know, as I said at the beginning of the episode, I, I like the the fact that we revisit Michael. I like kind of seeing all this stuff that happened to him to get to this point. And I think kind of, you know, it's good to explain a lot around the boat and everything else like that. And I think it's a good setup for next week um, with everything that happens. So, no, I like it. And as I said, I always appreciated Michael's character. And I think kind of, you know, going over everything of how tragic this guy's life is and everything, like, it's kind of depressing. (laughs) But I appreciate that aspect that, like, you know, again, like, just like life, not everybody in TV should always be happy ending or have a redeeming like i don't know like it's just some people's lives are like this like they just kind of something bad happens and their life is never the same again and that's it so uh i like it i appreciate it and yeah i i don't like the fact that they kill russo off just like that yeah i'm not maybe as high on it as you are but on her as you are i should say but i still yeah i kind of like the way it sort of ends in that you know it makes you want to watch next week as well so yeah, I, I I will buy this episode, and I have this ranked at a position that is 35. Um, mm-hmm. I have it just below The Man from Tallahassee and just above The Economist, which <laughs> I bought, and you still laugh at me. Shut up! Uh, next week is The Shape of Things to Come, as well as going over the episode The Shape of Things to Come. Uh, it's a Ben episode, which are always good, right? It's a flash forward, essentially, of Ben. And um, we get some pretty interesting stuff with Kimi and, and probably a top five moment next week as well, in next week's episode. Oh, yeah, we're in for a doozy next week. Uh, the Shape of Things to Come is a very appropriate title for this episode. Uh, this is really... Believe it or not, we're heading into the end game now for this season, and this is the perfect setup for kind of the next kind of end game run of the season. Then, well, it's a goodie. Possibly two top five moments next week, maybe. 
Um, but we'll we'll get to that. That's next week. In the meantime, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, subscribe on all the relevant channels. Um, make sure you uh, like our videos on men.com. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he went there. And um, remember to send your complaints in to the Oz Network at hotmail.com. Stop talking about gay porn. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I felt it was appropriate. We have a gay character this week. So why not celebrate that fact? <laughs> I'm sure Mr. Friendly enjoys men.com if he was still alive. Uh, but thanks for tuning in. Until we next speak again, my name is Ben. And don't you have something to mop up? My name is Noah, and please don't tell my dad about this bunker. Thank you for listening to the Oz Network. Don't forget to subscribe to get new episodes delivered to your speakers every week. For more information, hit us up at theoznetwork.net.